Well, um, somehow or another, my computer thing ain't cooperating. It will in a second. What did y'all do to my computer, Brian? Come over here and help me get it going. It says welcome, and it says owner on it. What's, what's the deal? It's not, it's not responding to me. That'll make it respond. I'm sorry. Um, anyways, open your Bibles this morning, and we'll just move on here. And what I want to do is give you a picture of something that really will help you. Okay, if you... And, and really, I'm sort of getting outside of my realm of, of uh, expertise, so to speak. Um, Revelations, Revelations chapter 12. I mean, I'm no expert on interpreting Revelation stuff, for sure. In fact, I don't even like a lot of teaching on it. You know, when people think they got Revelations fig- figured out, I, I, I just tell them, man, I, I don't know, you know. You can listen to teachings that were done 20 years ago that they thought they had it all figured out. And none of it's working anymore. You know what I'm saying? And um, there we go. But Revelations 12, you can stick it up there. I think I'm back online now. Uh, let me read verse 1 through 2. Let me give you a better picture than that. Listen to this. Now a great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun. Okay, a woman, that was a sign, and that's where it was at. It was in heaven, okay, with the moon under her feet. Think about that. You know, here's this woman appearing in heaven. She's got the sun on her, and she's standing on the moon. Sounds pretty crazy, doesn't it? And on her head, a garland of 12 stars. Uh-oh, then being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. Now, I'll tell you, when you think about it, if you just read that, and think about it logically, you think, man, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. What kind of vision is that? If somebody came up and we, this wasn't in the Bible and said such a thing, we'd think, man, that's crazy. Here this guy seeing this woman up there in, in the heavens. She's standing on the moon, got stars on her head, but she's fixing to have a baby. She's crying out. Doesn't make sense. So um, here's this woman. She's a heavenly woman, okay? She's a heavenly woman, yet... She's crying out in pain. Okay? She's got this pain in her life. She's got these difficulties in her life. Now, here's something interesting about the stars. Again, this is lightweight revelation interpretation. Okay? So, this is, but this is relevant. This is true. The stars, the, the Bible tells us in Revelation 120 what the stars represent. It says, Jesus told us what they represent. The mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands the seven stars are the angels. So here's this woman with angels on her head. Okay? She's, she's got this, these angelic beings on her head. She's heavenly. She's glorious. Yet she's in pain. She's having difficulty. And really, that woman, that woman's the church. That's who that woman is. That is a real good picture of the body of Christ. Here's, here we are, and we need to, I want us to see this. I want us to hear this this morning. We're glorious. We are heaven. We, we came from heaven. We're born from heaven. We're heavenly in our nature and our makeup. Yet at the same time, we're not doing too well. We may have the angels on our head. We may be clothed, clothed with the Son of Righteousness, which is the Lord Himself, but yet we're in pain. We're suffering. We're trying to give birth to something. Amen? Are you all with me? It's, it's, a good, it's a good picture. Now, it goes on and says, uh, let me go, go back. Um, 
Then being a child, she cried out in labor and pain to give birth. If you go down and look in Galatians, this is what Paul said in Galatians. This sort of helps us understand what she's trying to give birth to. He said, My little children for whom I labor and birth again, this symbolic language, until Christ is formed in you. Until Christ is formed in you. So really that child, that man-child, that woman is, is in labor and trying to give birth to is Christ being formed in the woman. It's the, it is the nature of Christ being formed in the church. It's the nature of Christ, you know, that God wants to express out of the church. And she's in pain over this thing because she's not really expressed Him. And so, so here's this woman going through this difficult time trying to express, you know, the Lord Himself. And there's pain that comes with that. There's difficulty that comes with that. There's no birth that has ever happened that there wasn't some pain and difficulties that came. I remember when um, my first child was born and going to Lamaze classes. Back in those days, that was sort of the cutting-edge technology for having babies. I know they sort of... You know, I was thinking about childbirth. Back in the, the people used to have them in the fields back in the day, way back. They'd have them, yeah, just wherever. And they sort of advanced on up and got into sterile operating rooms. And now they've sort of gone back the other way. People have them in the home and, you know, backs of cars. and You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like God has built something for people to have babies and you don't need sterile operating rooms. Man had to get so smart to figure that out. But we were in these Lamaze classes, you know, they'd have you laying all over the floor with pillows and breathing and doing stuff. And towards the end, they gave us, they decided to show us what a childbirth was like. Man, I'm going to tell you, it was like, I don't think I can do this. Because they were showing all these women and they were screaming and carrying on, it's awful, cussing and carrying on and... You know, I mean, it was a terrible sight seeing these women have these babies. And then when they'd have a man, I mean, this may sound sick, but just the water and the blood just flying everywhere. And I was thinking, Lord, I, can, I just don't believe I can go through that. <laughs> you know, all the cussing and... <laughs> yeah. But what happens is when it's your wife and your child, there's something called grace that enables you to put up with it. We got in there from our first child, and the guy, walked, this male nurse walks in there. I'm your nurse. I'm thinking, wait a minute, ma'am. Male nurse? Check with Becky. She didn't give a rip who was in there. <laughs> then they said, um, we have a class that needs to see somebody having a baby a nurse's class, is it be all right they come in and watch? Again, she didn't give a rip. <laughs> so, I mean, this is getting graphic. Here's your wife laying on this table with her most private part of her body spread wide open, all these guys and girls sitting there watching her, this guy sticking his hand in places, checking, and, and she's sitting there looking at me, grunting and carrying on, and me, you know... I mean, childbirth is not your most wondrous thing in the world. It's really not. I mean, have you ever seen a woman that looked sexy or appealing laying on a labor table? I mean, they don't look that good. They look rough. In fact, your darling wife that you're sitting beside this morning, if you 
first met her laying there, you probably wouldn't want anything to do with her. Because they're sitting there screaming and carrying on awfully about something fixing to happen. And it's this delivery, this, this, this deliverance of something that God wants to birth in the earth. And really, we've got to see the church like that. That God is trying to do something in the body of Christ. And we're not looking so hot right now. In fact, our private parts are exposed. And there's a bunch of grunting. And there's a bunch of groaning. It's going on. There's some cussing going on. There really is. We're trying not to, but... <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It's a real picture here in the heavens. This glorious woman is laying on this table groaning, trying to release something into the earth. Speaking of releasing something... Um, a few weeks ago, um, before I had the baby, I was in worship, and I was worshiping, and I felt like the Lord, it was before we sang the song of um, songs of deliverance, and um, I felt like the Lord was just telling me just to worship Him, and and um, that He was kind of dealing with me on my ideas of what worship was and stuff like that, just saying, you know, it's not always going to be or look the way it always has to say, okay, the Lord's really moving or things like that. And, um, and, but I felt like the Lord was just saying, just seek me and worship me. And then when we started singing the part about songs of deliverance, I felt like the Lord said, you don't really know what songs of deliverance sound like. If you, you know, we're singing songs of deliverance, you know, it sounds real great, you know. But I just felt like the Lord said, if you really heard the songs of deliverance, if you really heard the cries of people that were standing before me, you know, if we were all, kind of had a picture of standing before the Lord, everybody standing before the Lord, and we were all just worshiping with everything that was, with, is within us, like what we sing about a lot, you know, that the cries and the, and the and then you know because I was almost too delivery I was thinking about whoo songs of deliverance I know that there's never been a delivery that was very pretty because it's always you know well Byron described it you know <laughs> except my last one was pretty easy epidurals make it great <laughs> but but um but I felt like the Lord just was saying that he was really that there was coming forth a time when really that there were going to be people that were going to be crying out, that we were going to be crying out, that, that when we really experience being set free, you know, that there was going to be, the, that we wouldn't even understand the songs of deliverance even, but that we were just to worship him with everything within us. I don't know if that makes even sense. It's hard to, you know, when the Lord was saying it to me, it made sense, but then it's hard to express it, you know. But, so. I wanted y'all to hear that because I heard that word, songs of deliverance, and I think they may sound not like what we expect them to sound like. And we need to, you know, have that heart 
to let the delivery happen in people. Our church needs to be like a place where there's deliverance that happens. And it's delivering that person. It's him being released. And he might come out screaming. <laughs> Don't panic. No, just worship him. That, that's really what he's calling us to do. And then it says in verse 3, another sign ap appeared in heaven. See, there's another thing going on. Behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his head. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. Again, you know, that's where people say a third of the demons, you know, angels became demons. That's pretty, pretty sound, really. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. See, that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to devour the very thing that God wants to do in us. He wants to devour. He's standing there waiting to devour whatever because he's afraid of it. He's afraid of the character of Christ. He's afraid of the nature of Christ. He's afraid of grace. He's afraid of love. He's afraid of the power of God being released. The devil's afraid of all that stuff. So he's going to try to devour, you know, what happens. But then it goes on and says, and she bore a male child who was to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. That's the Lord himself being in charge. You know, the, the kingdom of God, the rulership of Christ, Christ the King. That's what God wants to birth. And her child was caught up to God in his throne. Then the woman fled into the wilderness. Listen to this. She fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God that she should feed her that, that they should feed her one thousand two hundred and sixty days. You know, we need to see sometimes the wildernesses that God has given us that they're not bad places. They're protection places. They're places for God to feed us, for God to speak to us, to God to do something. So if you're in a wilderness today in your life, yeah, because God prepared that for you. God placed you there he, to protect you, to protect the precious thing in you, the thing that has been, that's coming out of you. And, and the wilderness is a place, it's not just a bad place. We need to see it's God's place. He, it's a prepared place. And the church has been in the wilderness. And we need to start saying, you know, yeah, we've been wilderness wonders, but it's been a place that God has been preparing us for something glorious. And it's a place of protection. Then it talks about uh, this war that broke out in heaven. You know, that's from, from the past. But, of course, in, in, the, in the Lord, time gets sort of jumbled because he's not bound to time like we are. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought. It's a big war up there. Only time in heaven there was ever anything, you know, a war, any division. That, and so they had this big battle up there. But they did not prevail. That's talking about the devil. Nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. Isn't that just a gracious thing? <laughs> the devil lost in heaven. But that's great. Praise the Lord. He lost. So the devil was thrown out of heaven, it says, cast out. The old serpent of old called devil and Satan. He got tumbled, got tossed. Who deceives the whole world. See, the world is deceived by Dayton. Satan, Dayton. That might be a new name for him. Who knows? <laughs> he was cast to the earth. That's where we live, right? Earth. We were walking around the earth. And his angels were cast out with him. So these devil, the devil and one-third of the angels... Former, former angels that are now demons have been thrown to the earth and so they're on the earth now. And they're doing stuff on the earth that's not good. They are causing people like Josh Morley to have cancer. That's where that comes from. 
they are causing people to fall away from the Lord. They're causing trouble everywhere you go. They cause trouble. They're troublesome, difficult thing. Okay? But it goes on and says this. Well, I'm going to jump over and read this. This is what Jesus said about that whole thing. He said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. He's just sort of recounting to his apostles when they came back and healed people. Behold, listen, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. See what happened, and we need to get this. What happened in heaven has to happen on earth because Jesus said, on earth as it is in heaven. When he said that, he was talking about the war also. He was talking about the bad thing that happened in, in heaven. He was talking about there was a war in heaven. There's going to have to be a war on earth because he said, Lord, let it happen. So the war came. Jesus fought the war and won the war. He beat the devil. He defeated him, soundly defeated him at the cross. But Jesus, knowing the heart of God from, from all time for man, that man himself would walk in that same authority, decided, listen, I defeated Satan, but I have chosen not to take Satan out of this world. I have chosen to leave Satan here on this earth. Even though he's defeated, I've chosen to do that so you can do what I did because I have called you to live on this earth the way I lived on this earth. I've called you to be that same way. I've called you to do what I did. And the Bible says that we will crush Satan under our feet. The God of peace will crush Satan under our feet. We have a calling to crush the works of darkness. We have a calling to do that. He has not removed Satan. Satan is here. He's alive. His demons are here. They're around. They're here. God has left them here not for us to be afraid of, not for them to run over us and kill people. He has left them here so we can beat them. That's why they're here. They're here. They're fodder for us. And that's because Jesus said, on earth as it is in heaven, we must cast him down just like he was cast out of heaven and just like Jesus beat him, we have to walk in that. God has given us the authority that says that. I give you, I give you authority to trample on serpents. He's not talking about just old snakes out there because he he's, he's talking spiritual. Scorpions, we're talking demons. There's demons that are like serpents. There's demons that are like scorpions, like Satan with his tail. And over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. We've got to start seeing that. We've got to start seeing that that's part of our calling. And going back to Revelation 12, it says, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you. Sort of sounding rough. Having great wrath. He's mad about it because he knows he has a short time. Now when the dragon saw that he had been cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman. That's why... That's the persecuted church. That's why when we feel persecuted for being, he's going to come after us. Okay? He doesn't like us. He hates us. He wants to destroy us. But listen to this. This is what it says. But the woman was given two wings of a great eagle. God has given us a supernatural ability. Okay? He's given us a supernatural ability to get above Satan that she might fly into the wilderness in her place to go to her protected place. God's given us that. He's given us those wings. Where we can escape anything that He's doing. Where she is, uh, that she might fly in her place where she is nursed for a time and times and a half from the presence of the serpent. In other words, there's going to be times of engagement against the enemy. 
where we're battling him, heads up, battling. And then there's going to be times when the Lord says, I've given these wings, get away from him for a while. Get, get away, get out, get over, get over him, get on top. The Lord's called us to that. The Lord's called us to be supernatural people. He's called us to be supernatural people. So the, so the serpent, verse 15, spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman. This was uh, that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. The flood is the filth in this world. The flood is, is listen, here's what the flood is. The flood is sin. The flood is internet pornography. The flood is premarital sex. The flood is uh, divorce. The flood is abortion. The flood is anything hideous and nasty and dirty and crummy and disease. That's what the flood is. He threw it out after us. But the earth helped the woman. It helped us. The world has helped us. We need to see that. It's sort of soaking in that stuff. You know? It's soaked in the stuff. And the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the filth, the flood which the dragon has spewed out of his mouth. That's what has happened. That's why the world is in such a disastrous state because it has swallowed the filth of the enemy. Swallowed it. And it's dying from. It's dying. The world is dying. It's just dying. And the dragon was enraged with the woman. He's mad at us. And he went and made the war with the rest of her offspring, which happens to be me and you. We're the offspring who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So we can see how the world is, is being uh, messed up. It was really meant for us. So my question to us this morning, how much of the world is affecting us this morning? How much worldliness is on us? Hey, you are eating the enemy's stuff. If you are into, if you sin and if you're living in sin, if you are falling away from God, you are eating something and it's going to kill you. It's going to corrupt you. It's going to make you sick. That's why there's so many broken-hearted people. They're sick. They're sick in their soul because they've heard all this stuff against them. Daddies have, you know, did stuff to little girls that they shouldn't. That's sick. That's the devil. Pain inflicted on people. But the Lord's saying He wants to do something about that. And guess what? He's called us to do something about it. He's given us those wings of eagle. We have the wings of eagle. And he wants us to get, get up on those wings. You know what Isaiah said. It says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You know, we can live above the world. We can live above sin. We can live above this filth. God has given each Christian, he has given us you the supernatural ability to overcome sin, to overcome the temptations of this world. God has given you that. You are a supernatural person. You have something supernatural in you. You have power in you that's greater than any other power there is. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. You as a Christian have that. Yet here we are, you know, tempted, falling, falling away, doing all this crazy stuff. It's not, it doesn't make sense, does it? It really doesn't make sense. And the reason it doesn't make sense is because we haven't let the nature of the eagle be released in us. That's the Lord Himself. He's abiding in us. He wants to get free and start soaring above this stuff. And not only does He want to do it in your personal life this morning to set you free from sin, you're always going to have temptation. Hey, that's just a part of the program. 
That's where you beat him at. He comes to you, he tells him, you say, no, I'm not buying that. Heck no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do it. That's how we crush him. It's when we don't give in to him. Are you all with me this morning? God's calling us to be supernatural. We are fools if we pray that prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If we don't believe that God doesn't want to release in heaven, heaven to us, that we're supposed to be those same heavenly people, it's really important that we get this revelation in our minds and in our hearts. Um, Malachi, this is sort of off the subject a little bit. I just sort of ran across this verse when I was thinking about being clothed in the sun. But this is, this is speaking of the new covenant. All right, this is what Malachi said. Listen, this stuff's the Bible. It's got to be right. You know, people believe stuff they hear on the news. They won't even believe what this says. Something, something's wrong with that. I was... I was asking my preacher buddies the other day, hey, me, I'm talking, you, you guys ever preach about the devil? No. Nope. Nobody preaches about the devil. You know? The devil wants us to think he's this red guy walking around with a pitchfork in his hand and he controls hell and all this stuff. And that is not, that's true. He wants to, you know, there's comic books out, Evil Boy or Demon Boy or something, you know, they, this demon guy who was born in, in hell and got out and now he's trying to live a, a good life. That's just such, trying to make, you know, that stuff sort of a fable. People believe that. That stuff's real. You know, it's not a fable. But this is what the Lord wants us to see. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying to you this morning? God is calling us to do something besides just go to church and sit around and act like a bunch of nice people. You know? Heck, there's nicer people in the world than the church I've found. People in the church are mean. You know, you can find nice people if that's what you want. You know? Not Malachi 4. This is the new covenant. But to you who fear my name, it's people who got saved. The Son of Righteousness shall rise with healing in his wings. And you shall go out, go out and grow fat. Anybody want to get fat this morning? I'm not talking about fat in your body. I'm talking about fat, spiritually prosperous. You will grow fat like stall-fed calves. I don't know what a stall-fed calf looks like, but it's probably... He's fat. You know... He's what? He's got a stall-fed cow, has it made. That's really what God has for us. He wants us to have it made. It's all brought to him. He don't have to go looking around, digging around out there in the dirt for some blade of grass that the bull stepped all over and doo-dooed all over, you know, <laughs> hoping he can find a little green sprout coming out of it that don't stink. There's some guy who walks out there with a bucket of feed and pours it into his bucket. And he just sits there and eats it. That's what God, how God wants to do for us. But then it says, You shall trample the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day that I do this, says the Lord of hosts. The day he did that was when he died on that cross. That's the day that all that came down. And God wants to heal people. God wants to set people free. That's what God wants to do. That's what He's doing. Now that's the new covenant. It's not some fake thing. We Listen, we like this television show called, what's the name of that? Law and Order. <laughs> it's the only television show I watch. But the other night they had this program on there. This is what happened on Law and Order. This kid got killed and of course, you know, they did all their detective thing. They wound up with this guy who was a pastor he prayed for the kid and found out the kid was already dead when he prayed for him but they were trying to get the pastor like man you know he killed this kid you know and 
and they went and started checking on his pastor. And, oh, yeah, this guy's been a pastor, but, hey, he was in this church, and then he left this church. And so they went to this other church, and this is what they were saying. Well, you know, this guy got involved in this thing called the Toronto Blessing. It was on Law and Order, Toronto Blessing. <laughs> they said, and this guy, and this was incredulous that they were saying this, this guy believes in healing. He believes in deliverance. Like, those fools, they believe such a thing. That's what the other pastor was saying about him. Like, he's messed up. He believes this stuff. It was a slam against God doing what God does. That's what a lot of the church... I mean, I'm not going to badmouth it. I'm just saying a lot of church don't believe that God heals people or that God loves people and cares about people. They don't believe that's what they're... So they just don't do it. And then a lot of church who does believe it don't believe that God would do it then. So we're just sitting around, you know, listening to stuff and hoping something's going to happen one day. Well, I believe the day's, now's the day. Now's the day for God to touch people and heal people. And no matter what, we don't understand everything about it. We don't know, you know, why people die and when we pray for them and all that. But listen. God, there is so many hurting people, you can't walk out your front door without them, you know, being in your driveway. Hurt, dying people that need God and are looking for somebody. Somebody listen to what i got to say. I want to die. I don't want to keep living. Please, somebody help me. I went to church. Well, you know, I can't even hear the guy preaching because I'm dying. That's what a woman told us recently. I'm dying. She wanted to die. She was there to do it. Nobody was there for her. And God wants to take us and He'll send those people to us that are dying. I mean, physically dying, maybe they got disease, or they're dying because they're so hurt on the inside. God wants to do that. That's what God's doing. God has never stopped doing that. The problem is, is we've stopped doing it. We've stopped doing it. And God is asking us, He's looking for people who would join Him in that prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done in my life, my church, just like what's happening in heaven. And it sincerely means. And I promise you, you better be careful. You, you get what you ask for. Because if we pray that prayer, guess what's going to show up at your door? Somebody that's sick. Or somebody that wants to kill themselves. And you may not want to mess with them. In fact, you probably ain't going to want to mess with them. Like, I don't have time for this. You know? Because it never comes in a glorious moment. Oh, it's easy at church to pray for the sick. But God wants us to do something different with our lives. And what we were saying earlier about the songs of deliverance, God would like to have a church where somebody could come in here and just get slammed crazy because they were getting delivered. And everybody wouldn't flip out and, you know, oh, you know, this person's messed up, man, acting up too much. He would like to be able to have churches that people could come and birth Christ, and it's going to be messy. That's what he would like to do. It's hard to, you know, do that, honestly. But I think that's what he would like to do. 
and he would like to raise up some songs of deliverance that would really cry out to him. That, that's really what God wants to do. I'm really serious about this. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be out here saying all this if I hadn't been personally just pushed and challenged to the limit about it. Because I'm not going to be stupid enough to go try to tell you to do something that ain't God hadn't already worked me over about. And I just, I just feel like, Lord, I mean, I want to pray that prayer, Lord. I want your kingdom to come. I want to walk in the authority that you've given me. I want to walk in power, God. I really do. I want to see people's lives change because Jesus Christ, whenever a kid like Josh Allwater comes back to the Lord, I promise you he's not sitting there bored about it. I promise you he's getting just rejoicing and the angels in heaven are getting happy. And whenever somebody is sick and gets healed, they rejoice. And I guess the bother that I have for me personally and for all of us is that we don't seem to get happy about stuff like that. And that tells me our values are wrong. We value things that, that God doesn't value. And that we just need to ask God to change our values. You know, just come upset my value system, Lord. Just change it and make me love what you love. Cause me to love everything that you're loving. And that's what God's called us to do with our lives. And you will never find fulfillment in your life if you are not stretching out or living in faith the way God's called you to live. Because I, you, can take, you can have more money than you know what to do with and be unhappy. But you can be a person who lives in faith and have joy in your life. Because God designed us to live by faith. And I think that's one of the keys for living a joyful life is by living by faith. So are y'all good this morning? So you know what we wanted to do? I know it's late, but anybody who just feels like, I mean, we've already prayed, you know, like for a fresh start. That was right on. You know, God saying fresh start. In fact, somebody gave me a word this morning. It was an incredible word. Because the Lord had shown me where I was at in my life. And in terms of biblical terms, and somebody gave me a scripture that said, this is where you need to go now. And you know what the place was? This is incredible. We'd been in the Gilgal of our life. You know what Gilgal is? It's when you get circumcised. That's what it represents in the Bible. It's when God starts cutting on you, and, and we've been in that place. We said, that's where we've been. We were talking about it this morning. We've been in Gilgal. And God has cut on us and cut on us until we're raw. And somebody gave me a word, and the word says, go to Bethel. You know, Elijah, Elisha, old thing. You know, Elijah went to Gilgal. Hey, Elisha, stay there. I'm going on to Bethel. You know, that's always a true teaching in our life. Bethel is Jacob's ladder. Bethel is the place where the heaven was opened. Yes, the house of God. God wants to open the heaven and send angels up and down on this ladder, Jesus being that ladder. That's what he, well, that's what he's doing in my life. And I kind of have a sneaking suspicion he wants to do this with all of us. This church has gone through a season of being cut on by God. You know, the old pruner, you know. But now he said, I want to take you to, to the open heaven place, place where angels come, the place where heaven's open. But it's not what we think. It's like what she was saying. It's messy because there's deliverance there when God comes. That's what we've got to get. Y'all got that? I know I'm going on and on. I could go on for a long time about this because I'm excited about it. But what I wanted to do is 
is ask God somehow, Lord, there's people in this room that need, they're messed up. They are, this is what you are. You're dry. Um, I had a vision last Sunday morning. I'm not going to, I'm sworn I should, I told I was going to preach for 30 minutes, but this was of an underground river. And I was laying in my bed, I had it woke up, and as soon as my brain was calling us, I had this vision of this underground river, and the thought that came to my mind is, we got to get our pumps primed so we can get that water. So I think, Lord, please prime my pump. I need to tap into that water. I, that's the fresh water, Lord. Yeah, I was praying, and then I get up and read my uh, Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon commentary. Charles Spurgeon says, you know they say about pumps, you got to prime them so they'll work. Think, oh my, the Lord was really speaking to me that we need to get the pump primed. And I think praising the Lord is the way to prime the pump. I think and that was what he showed me this way. Get to praising him. That'll prime that pump. And then you can, when I was a kid, pumps would, would mess up all the time. I don't know what they did to them different, but you would, that pump's lost its prime. You got to go walk 300 yards and take some water and pour it in it so it'll pump again. That was back in the day when, you know, when pumps weren't as smart as they are today. But every pump has to be primed in some way. Get it going. You need to be primed this morning. You need some fresh water from heaven to get you going. And that's what we need to cry to. Lord, please help me. I'm just a dry fool. Help God. Please help me. Please, God, don't leave me the way I am. We need to be like that with God. Lord likes you to be desperate with Him. Please help me. Look at me, God. I'm just an old dry fool. I can't even preach no more. You know? Please, God, I cry to you. Please help Byron Wicker this morning. Please pour fresh water into me this morning. Please, God. Please, I beg you, God. I'm begging. I'm into begging. You know, my kids have begged me all. Please, Daddy, please take me over here. Please, please, please. Okay, shut up. <laughs> We're going. Bad enough. We can beg God this morning. We can cry out to God. We can get real. Lord, I'm sort of bored and dumb feeling. Man, if we just do that, well, God, I believe God will hear us. God will start doing things in our life. You go and you hear Brian Davis' testimony, you get real blessed. You'll come home happy. I woke up this morning happy as I could be, and I kept thinking about his testimony. I was happy about Brian's testimony. Oh, my gosh, his family's getting healed. I'm happy, Lord. I'm happy they got healed. That was God being happy. That was God being happy. He was happy got to get the pump primed for you to get that though. Get the pump primed get, so you can tap into the water that's real and alive. And maybe God will do some other stuff, you know. Maybe he might do a miracle in your life if you need one. Maybe he may heal you. Maybe God will do a lot of things that we wouldn't suspect him to do. And I want to offer to us this morning this opportunity to cry out to the Lord. Just cry out to him. Just get crying out. Lord! I'm thinking I have a baby and I'm in pain. And if you got a cuss, keep it between you and God. <laughs> you know? But cry out to him. Get vicious with God. Get vicious. The women don't care if men are in there or anything else when they're having a baby. They lose their modesty. We need to lose our modesty before the Lord. We need to quit being so dyke in modesty in how we act and look and say, they're in here looking, but I don't care because I'm having a baby. So none of that bothers me. I'm not thinking about my eyeliner. <laughs> you know? I'm thinking about having a baby. If I get that baby out, I'll be okay. 
So does anybody want does anybody feel any of this? Honestly. If you feel it, stand up and just get get wild with God. And if you don't like any of this, you can if you feel uncomfortable, you can be dismissed and I'm not messing with them bunch of fools. <laughs> I just um I when we were worshiping today I felt like the Lord was showing me too a little bit more that we don't realize how desperate we really are. That's true. Until we really have a taste and see from the Lord. And then we realize how desperate where we really were, how desperate we really were in the first place. You know, that we really are so desperate for the Lord and we don't even realize because we get so consumed by the world and other things that we don't realize what state we really are in. And then when we taste the fire from heaven, when we taste the refreshing from the Lord, we realize, man, Lord, how desperate I really was. You know, and I feel like the Lord's wanting to show us in a way how desperate we really are and that it's really a good thing. We don't have to worry anymore. I feel like that was what the Lord was showing me is don't worry anymore about, you know, is this the Lord? Is that the Lord? You know, where are we at, you know, whenever we're in worship? Just worship me. Just worship me. Just enjoy me. Just cry out and just worship. So it's a freeing thing. It's a freeing thing. And if there's any sick among you, the Bible says, if you're sick this morning, let's pray for you. And if you are, I mean, sick in your body, if you're just sick in your heart, let's get prayer. Lord, help me. God, I'm sick. I don't want to stay sick. I want to get healed. The Lord wants to heal you. We ain't going to just talk about this stuff and not do it. That's to be messed up. But I, I want to exhort you to cry out to the Lord this morning. Cry out to Him. And y'all can go over there and they'll be praying for the sick over there. Lord God is my deliverer. Lord God is my deliverer. Lord God is my deliverer.